Hello, everybody. This is episode 125 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal, DeQuincy. Uh, hey, guys, and uh, welcome back. Yeah, we're, we're, getting on a, we're getting in a groove again. Yes. Got to keep this train rolling. <laughs> keep these podcast numbers up, because all the people want is content, content, and content. That's what we all need these days. So you want to tell the people what we're here for, or do you want me to do? Uh, I'll let you. There's, there's a lot to cover, actually. Yeah, we have a lot to cover. So the main topic for tonight is going to be SummerSlam, a.k.a. the most boring party of the summer. We're going to go over the card, talk about it, uh, pick our winners and such. But before we do that, I want to give a little – Love to Mr. UFC over here and uh, give him, uh, I'll say about five minutes to talk about Daniel Cormier, who lost his, what was it, world, it was the heavyweight, right? He, he uh, yes, it was for the heavyweight, UFC heavyweight championship. Yes, and, he, and for all intents, it seems like he's retired now. Yes. Okay, so I just wanted to give you five, maybe ten minutes just you know, talk about his career, give him his platitudes, give the man his flowers, so to speak. So I will let you have it from here. Okay. Well, so, yeah, he, he fought – he challenged Stipe Miocic in a, a third match, of, you know, of – I'm sorry. It was a trilogy fight uh, for the heavyweight title. Um, and, man, it was a great fight. It was – it went all five rounds, um, which – surprised me but it shouldn't have because after two fights against each other two knockouts these guys you know knew each other very well um were cautious to not get knocked out or stopped and still put on a hell of a performance um for five rounds it was uh a pretty it was back and forth for i would say the first two and a half rounds and then Stipe definitely took over towards the end of the fight. And uh, that's all she wrote. Um, Cormier announced his retirement right after the fight. Um, and the way that fight ended, uh, he, this is, I, I believe him. I really think he's done. I mean, he's 41 years old. Uh, there's really nothing left for him to accomplish. And um, like he told Joe Rogan in his interview, he said, I'm at this point in my life and in my career, I'm only looking for, for championship fights, for title fights. And the way he fought or the way I fought tonight, that's not happening anytime soon. And and I agree. I, I don't think he's, he, you know, is in line for any title shot anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, given his age, given the way that he lost that fight and yeah, just given the time he would need to work his way back up. I, I, I don't see it happening. And there's no, no, there, there are no more super fights for him. He's already had the super fight with, with Stipe three times already at this point. So there's really nothing left for him to do. He is, uh, he, he's accomplished everything in the sport. He's only lost to champions. And he's got a, a great gig with the UFC or UFC ESPN. Or, or I guess, you know, I don't know how it works, but a commentating gig. So he's going to keep making money, good money. Um, he's 
a great analyst because he's one of the greatest fighters of all time. And so, I mean, at, at this point in his life, he should have no regrets. He can walk away healthy. Well, for the most part, he did get poked in the eye in the third round of that fight of Saturday night's fight. Um, he was pretty much blind for the rest of the fight. Um, still put on a, you know, a, a, a solid, you know, gutsy performance. And as far as I know, you know, the, I think the visions returned. Uh, if not, um, I think he's got surgery lined up or something like that. So he's got some healing to do anyways, but um, all things considered, he's still, he's still left um, with all of his faculties intact and with plenty of money in the bank. So, so this isn't going to be a, an Oscar De La Hoya situation where he's trying to come back because he's broke. Thank God, no. <laughs> no. No. Were you as shocked as I was when you saw that? Sorry for this tangent, but. Oh, it's okay. Um, no, I, I wasn't. I mean, the guy's been hinting at it for years. Um, you know, talking about rematches with Floyd and then kind of calling out uh, Conor McGregor. Um, there's something about boxers that I think boxers more than any anybody else really have a hard time letting it go um, just because, you know, it's, it's just you, you're all, you're responsible for your, for your own training, you know, for your own conditioning, uh, for your own preparation. Um, and you, there's like, there's an, op- there's opportunities there. So even old guys can come back and fight other old guys. Um, in Oscar's case, it looks like he wants to fight uh, Conor McGregor or Canelo Alvarez. Um, you know, who knows what he's going to do at this point. But, um, yeah, no, I, I wasn't compl- – I was only just – I was only surprised by just the timing. You know, mm-hmm. you just never really – you know, you never know when, when it's going to happen. But when it does, the initial shock wears off. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a boxer. You know, that's kind of what they do. They, they tend to – to not be able to let it go for the most part. Yeah. Well, uh, going back to Cormier, I believe we said this in our last podcast discussing his match. Like the longer that the match went, the worse off it was going to be for him because he's 41. Yeah. And from what you're describing, that's exactly what happened. I didn't get to see the match. I had other, I had family things to do, so I didn't get Mm -hmm. to see anything, but yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. sad. I'm sad that he lost, but at least, he, like you said, he's able to go out on his own two feet. It's not like right. he's stumbling around with uh, a punch drunk, drunk, you know? Right. I mean, he didn't, you know, he went all five rounds. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, very few fighters go all five rounds in their final fights. Um, you know, even the young, fo- even the young ones. I mean, look at Conor McGregor, his last fight. Yeah. Say he is retired. He got knocked out. Ronda Rousey got knocked out in her last fight. Um, uh, Mike Tyson was stopped in his last fight. Oscar was stopped in his last fight. Um, Cormier was able to, to go out on his own, on his, like you said, on his own two feet um, with everything pretty much intact. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, he had a great career dominant champion 
um, a dominant fighter, even when he wasn't champion. I mean, he, he, you know, he started at heavyweight in the UFC and he went, I think 15 and 0 as a heavyweight until mm -hmm. he, or he went, I think 12 and 0 as a heavyweight. And then he moved up to light heavyweight um, and only didn't lose until, until he fought John Jones and now Stipe. So, you know, to only lose to champions, I mean, that's, that's an impressive feat uh, to be that dominant because, I mean, he beat former champions. Wasn't he uh, the first dual champion as well? Uh, yes, I believe he was. No, 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 Connor, Connor was technically, he was the first to defend both. Okay. Because Connor, I think he either was stripped or gave up the title. Uh, he never defended both titles, but Cormier defended the light heavyweight title and he also defended the heavyweight title uh, tw twice. So, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he'll be in the Hall of Fame next year even, you know, if, uh, if things are back to normal and they want to do the ceremony like they used to do. Um, or, you know, wait till the time is right till you can get people in the stands to, to really honor the guy. But there's no doubt he's, he's going to go down as one of the greatest combat sport athletes ever. I mean, you know, not only did he, was he a champion uh, mixed martial artist, but he was a champion wrestler, an Olympic, uh, an Olympic wrestler. Uh, I mean, he's, he's done it all in, in 25 years of, of competition. So it's, it's a well-deserved retirement as well. Because if you're, when, when you're a wrestler, I mean, you put, you put yourself through hell for a long time. Well, we want to wish him well and um, congratulate him on his career. Definitely. Congratulations. All right. Moving on. And We're... you'll get to see him on pay-per-views and, uh, you know, ESPN cards as, as a commentator. So he's not going away. <laughs> I mean, okay. Totally. Moving on. <laughs> One of us has to work at six in the morning. Let's hurry this up. Moving on, we're here to talk about SummerSlam. This year, SummerSlam will be in the Amway Center, home of the Orlando Magic, with no fans in the stadium. However, mm -hmm. they will have what they're calling the Thunderdome, which is basically, if you've been watching any of the NBA restart, it's that, but worse. Uh, we just saw a picture of it earlier today, and I have concerns about how it's going to work. We'll see it in view when you listen to this tonight on SmackDown, but for early tests are not good. No. it's uh, they're, they're trying to stuff too many fans onto your television screen, which is distracting. Yes, very much so. And um, we were talking about this earlier off air. There's no like background set like in the NBA. The NBA's you see the people, but behind everybody is in you know, a chair, so everyone looks the same as uniform. Mm -hmm. And the the picture we saw today for the WWE's test run, everyone's background was whatever background they had behind them, a wall green screen, whatever. And so it was very off-putting. It's very distracting. Right. And so hopefully you're hoping that, you know, 
I'm that, hoping that that, that only. Yeah, that was just the picture we saw was just them testing the the camera by their ability to put people on the screen, and they mm-hmm. actually have a screen background they just didn't put up. Right, and I'm hoping I'm not going to turn into SmackDown and see you know 75 fans with 50 different backgrounds because. Like I said, that would be Mondo distracting. Right. I mean, if you watch, you know, if you watch Raw or SmackDown now, I mean, it's distracting enough with the glare of the the plexiglass screens. Uh-huh. Um, when they when they go to those angles, but you know, they're going back to the traditional view with, yeah, hopefully without all of you know these different colors and backgrounds and resolutions and whatnot. You know. You, you hope they're smart enough to to standardize everything, and uh, and you have to think it's it's got to be distracting, you know, for the performers because these are actual like this is these are actual LED boards they're putting in. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's like if we've been to shows, you know, in the past, you know, they make the announcements. Don't flash your you know photography, you know, don't flash your camera during these shows because it's it's distracting to the performers. Well, they're jumping around and jumping off things. Um, you have to think those glares and things like that are, are just as distracting. And especially since these, these guys and girls haven't performed in front of uh, this type of, or haven't performed in this type of environment in months now. Yeah. It's, I don't know. We're going to see, like I said, in action tonight on SmackDown. I just hope it looks better than what we saw um, a little test photo we saw earlier today. Definitely. All right. So are you you ready to go break down these matches? I am. All right. Uh, so, Although I, I have one point about SummerSlam. You oh, know, go ahead. Like, I understand that NXT is on Saturday nights, um, but they <laughs> – I was looking at this card, and they could have – don't you think they could have done what they did with WrestleMania and – Broke it into two nights. This is a long card to me. I mean, based compared to the last few cards that we've that we've watched, uh, there's what, almost eight matches, eight or nine matches. I mean, that's a long night. It's a uh, one. Okay, so SummerSlam is one of their big four, going WrestleMania, World Rumble, and Survivor Series. So I mm-hmm. expect it to be longer than the other pay per views that we are going to see this year. Right. So if it's three, four hours, that's about the range I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that's that's as long as it goes. It just I'm, I've been used to everything finishing up by nine o'clock. Yeah, I understand, but again, those were shorter pay per views. They were smaller pay per views. I mean, resume was two nights, but each night was still like four hours. Right. And the only reason it was too night is because of the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm not. I don't have any thoughts about them breaking it up in two nights or not. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna stay up as late as I can. Sure. Yeah. And no, of course. All right. So let's go to our first match. That oddly enough, we're not gonna talk about the match at all. Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville in a hair versus hair match. Yeah, uh, this is a, this is an honest question. Is this match even going to happen? Is I think it's going to happen. Wikipedia has it up, but 
honestly, I don't think anyone cares because of what happened. Uh, what was that? Saturday last Saturday, Sunday night, Sunday yeah, morning. So, yeah, sat, it was Saturday night, Sunday morning, because after the UFC pay per view. So mm-hmm. if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, a crazed fan broke into Sonya Deville's house and tried to kidnap her with a knife and I think pepper spray. Let's see. Apparently, I'm just going to read the report where where, we were. Philip A. Thomas of South Carolina had apparently been stalking DeVille online for eight months and drove to Florida this past weekend. There, he cut a hole in the screen patio door to gain access to her house, but waited outside the home, monitoring all activity and essentially waiting for DeVille and a guest who turned out to be one, Mandy Mandy Rose, waiting for DeVille and the guests to go to bed. Once she did, he entered the house at 2.43 a.m. So when he broke in, it it sounded an alarm. And when DeVille came downstairs to see what's going on, she saw him with, like you said, a knife, zip ties, duct tape, mace, and other items. (laughs) Thankfully, the story has a happy ending. She was able to get... um, go back upstairs, get uh, Mandy Rose here. They were both able to escape. And then like after she escaped and after the police were called to have him lock up and they gave her his name, she went and like went through her Instagram and found like these eight months of messages just being a creepy psycho. Yeah. That's the best way I put it. But I found his Twitter as well. It's still active? Re- yeah, he was retweeting everything about her i i scrolled for maybe you know a minute's worth of scrolling but like you know he was non-stop he was obsessed and all i can say i'm i'm just glad to have a happy ending i'm glad that both her and manny rose were able to get away safely honestly this guy he needs help yeah like i don't like some therapy and maybe and some some kind of drug treatment or something, but he needs to go. He needs to be put away for a little bit. Understand what the hell he did and how he could he could have killed her. That's usually how these things play out. Yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't just to kidnap her because he loved her, but you know, he was kidnapped because he wanted control of her, right? That's and ultimately, nice. that just leads to a, a, an even darker path. Mm-hmm. Especially if he had contact with her and she, you know, actually rejected him. And, oh, and she, had, he stood. she had no contact. Like, it was a right, one-way no, thing. No, what I'm saying is if, if he had actually gotten to her. Oh, okay. And made his intentions known or whatever, you know, it, it, it would have... It would have been ugly. It would have been uglier than, than it already is. But, you know, yeah. thankfully, um, apparently, she, as they were running downstairs, I think he was already upstairs and trying to look for, for her. So that's what distracted him, I guess. That's how they were able to get out of the house uh, without encountering him. So that, you know, thankfully that happened. And, uh, you know, thankfully... Thankfully, he was apprehended quickly. Yeah. And so this is this what leads to my point is like, 
is she in the right mind frame? You know, does she even want to put herself on television at this point? You know, how shaken up is she? Um, how comfortable is she with, again, putting her, her face on television for some other potentially crazy, crazed fan to, to watch and, and ogle her on, on television? Um, that's why I, I question if this match is even, even going to happen, if they just postpone it or, you know, whatever. I can see that, but the only thing I'm thinking is, like, she might just want to get back to normal as soon as possible. Sure. And what's normal for her is wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I hope that WD sits back and lets her make that decision and doesn't force anything on her. But if I were the guest, it's like any other athlete, the show must go on. You're going to want to play. Um, man, I don't even have anything. I don't, like, I can't tell you the storyline of this, um, this feud or anything like that because for me, it really doesn't matter. I didn't, what, you, I really, especially, especially at this point when you know, everybody knows that her and Mandy Rose are, are friends in real life and that they turned their friendship into a, a you know, a, uh, an on-screen feud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, for her to be in the house with her, for them to be in the same house together. They're breaking kayfabe! They're breaking right. kayfabe! I mean, you know, it, it just kind of, you know, it, it, again, I, I would understand both um, I would just understand the decision either way, the decision to lay low or, yeah, like you said, the show must go on. If you mm. take that route, um, I would understand either one. Uh, oh, I'm not picking a winner in this match. Um, they're both winners. They're just, <laughs> man, you, they're, they're, you they're got for me. Survive. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah, they're both winners for surviving the Hasner experience last weekend. Uh, yeah. yeah. So... Thank God. Thank the lucky stars. They're still with us and nothing happened. And let's um, just be real. If you're listening out, listening out there and you have, you know, if you have some sort of celebrity crush or whatever, just get it through your head. It ain't going to happen. Okay. It's yeah. not happening. Move on. Yeah. Just admire them from, from afar. Like the rest of us. Yeah. All right. So maybe I'm like, all right, before I, I get to the next match, I want a, people take a little peek behind the curtain. When I do this little outline for the pay-per-views, I go through the matches and I pick the ones that I want to talk about. And I decide which order we're going to go to. I usually go from most, you know, from least interesting to most interesting, except for tonight, because that song, Sonya Deville story, we had to get that as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So everything else I'm going least interest to most interesting. And I wrote everything out. And you know what? I'm making an audible because this by far is the least interesting match to me. Braun Strowman versus the fiend for the universal championship. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for this feud to be over with. Um, they kind of piqued my interest again recently with, uh, you know, with Alexa bliss's role. Oh, really, man, that, that went the opposite for me. I just, <laughs> well, the the first the first instance you know where the fiend actually attacked her like that was actually surprising, um, and then no, I wasn't the first time. The first one was at the um, oh yeah, that's right, the match the uh, swamp match. I guess that's the, right. The, you're you're right. That, that was, was okay. Yeah, that was fine, but everything else is just like 
you're just throwing a, a damsel in distress story in here, and mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't understand. Like, she's supposed to be some kind of representation of Sister Abigail. Yeah, and, you know, there's really there's really nothing to, like, she really has no other involvement in this, you know. Like, there's really no other reason for her to be involved. Oh, she's the old tag team partner from season one of the Mixed Match Challenge, which I swear to God was treated like uh, non-canon, like Marvel does their zombie stories. Right. <laughs> but, and to infuse it, you know, out of nowhere. Later, yeah, it's like, okay, uh, come on, let, let's, let's not go there again. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, she, it, def, it definitely, her inclusion definitely feels forced into the story. Um, the, the attack itself was interesting, and then that was it. I was like, okay, I'm ready to move on from this. I'm reading up. So apparently there's a double turn. So Strowman's the heel and the Fiend's face. That and that I do not like at all. I'm out. I knew I didn't like this match, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that just adds to the crap set, the crap Sunday. I mean, I think I, I think Strowman would be better suited as as a heel, but the Fiend as a face, it just I mean, those those two words just didn't mesh right now. Just uttering them, <laughs> like it doesn't sound right at all. The only note I wrote under this match was, God, I miss Roman. You win, universe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's really the only true babyface left. And, and that's fine. But, and, but he is def- I feel he's definitely missed at this point. Because Strowman is proving he's just not a strong face. And they're already giving up on it. They're already giving up on, on him being a baby face. Um, and not only that, he just hasn't been a strong champion. And I think it's, you know, it was foolhardy to take the title off of The Fiend six months ago in the first place, you know, to, to pander to Bill Goldberg. You know, as much as I liked him in the 90s, it just – you know, the, like, what do you, like, come on, man, you've already done this with Goldberg in the past, in the, you know, a couple of years ago when he took the title off Kevin Owens, you know, you're trying to build stars for now and into the future. Um, it was definitely short-sighted and it's, it's made everybody look bad at this point. Yeah. Also like SmackDown doesn't have any, strong face stars. I'm sorry. I was trying to think of the best way to, put, to say that. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go down the roster. AJ Styles is a heel. Beaky, they're building. Um, let's see. Strowman, Cesaro, him and Nakamura are just kicking back in them checks. Um, let's see. Sheamus. Sheamus is doing, was doing a heel thing. Is he with Corbin now? No. I think he's just uh, – I think it was just that one encounter 
you know, where they got involved in this match. Okay. So Daniel Bryan, he's face. What's he doing? He's at home. The Oh yeah, have... with the baby. Okay. Yeah. Coronavirus fears. Um I'm going through Elias is hurt. Otis and Tucker. Man, I don't know. Do you push Otis? Can you push Otis? Let's see. Sami Zayn isn't there. Roman Reigns isn't there. Uh, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, both hurt. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. It looks like he's going to be doing an intercontinental thing with AJ Styles. Like, there's no, like, Matt strong, strong face. Matt Riddle has his own problems. Right. That he's not going to be getting a push anytime soon. Yeah. Let's see. Lars Sullivan is still under the SmackDown roster. Jeez. You talk about a guy who has his own problems. And yeah. he's been out with this knee injury for about – it's been over a year, hasn't it? Well, it started with anxiety. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, anxiety, anxiety last year around WrestleMania, I believe. Just before his, he was supposed to start a feud with Cena. Yeah. And then all the racist homophobia stuff came out, and then his knee said, I am done with this. <laughs> yeah. I can't carry the weight of your baggage anymore. His knee was like, you could be a bigot, but I'm not, I'm not staying around here for this. I'm out of here. Yes. Yeah. But going back to the point, there's like no one for Strowman to feud with. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest star would be, I guess, Daniel Bryan. Well, biggest star that you guys should believe taking the title from, I should say, Daniel Bryan. Oh, Strowman? Yeah. He gets him in the guest lock. He can make so, him fat. Like it's, it's so early in Biggie's run. It's like he's he's it's too early to for him to feud with Strowman, but I think that would be a good feud. I think they're building him up for the intercontinental title. Yeah, but you know, like that's that's what I would do. I would have you know Haas versus Haas for intercontinental. I mean for the Universal Championship, but I think what they're doing is a slow burn. Okay, and that makes sense. I mean that's that's old school wrestling. You know you. You win the inter the inter, intercontinental championship, the mid card title, mm-hmm. um, defend it a few times, and then you move on to greener pastures, which which is you know the top prize. As long as they stick with that, with that you know, as long as they don't give up on Big E, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I tell you, I would love to see Big E Roman Reigns go back and forth. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I mean at this point. At this point, like the only thing that's going to say SmackDown is their next, um, their next draft. Yeah, shake things up a little bit. Maybe get KO back, or who knows, man? I I don't even know who who they you know could go after at this point. I was going to say they could dip into NXT, but some of those guys are a little too small to make, and some of them don't want to move up. Right. I've heard rumors of the a few of the guys that on this street era just want to stay in NXT, and honestly, I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, but sorry, back to this match. Uh, who do you have winning? I've got the Fiend winning. I mean, Ditto, me too. It's time to take the title off Strowman and, and figure something out going forward. I just don't. 
I'll t- oh, okay. Here's here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be okay with the fiend as long as winning the title as long as they don't make him into some sort of baby face. I don't even want him to see. I don't even want him to be an anti-hero. He's got to be the fiend. He's got to be a heel through and through. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's because that's the only thing that that works. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Anything else that you're just you're wasting everybody's time and, and intelligence. Yeah. All right. I agree with you, Fiend. I got more going over. Maybe Braun Strowman can stay heel and just be get back to a dominant mo- monster where he just you know, interrupting matches and coming down just destroying people. Yeah. Maybe get back to that. Uh, and oh man, so if he's the guy who come down, he's destroying. He just breaking stuff and then Binky is the one who comes out to try to stop him. There you go. Uh, you got a great feud building right there. All right. Uh, moving on. Next match. The Street Profits defend their Raw Tag Team Championships against Andrade and Angel Garza. Mm-hmm. Um, this feud has involved poisoning. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Man, this feud has is like it didn't even they didn't even write about it on Wikipedia. They wrote about they wrote about everyone else except for this one. Um yeah, but it's like cuz you know, this feud has been all over the place. It was first it was Garza and and uh Andrade feuding with each other. The Viking Raiders <laughs> with each other and the Viking Raiders while the Viking Raiders were feuding with the Street Profits, and then it turned into Garza and Andrade feuding with Street Profits, and, and you know it hasn't even—it really hasn't even been about them either. It's been about really, it's been about Zelina Vega and Bianca Belair. The accusations that you know Zelina poisoned her. <laughs> Bianca's husband and, and the Bianca showed up to her house doing her her streaming session to lay them hands on her. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's been the best part. Uh, but going back to what you said, a lot of this feels just disjointed because like this wasn't the original plan when Paul Heyman was running thing, running things. You realize who we don't talk about anymore, right? Austin Theory. No, no, no. Well, also him, but the other one that they were feuding with. You didn't remember uh, his name. <laughs> no. Humberto. Oh, yeah. That's When's right. the last time you seen him on TV? I saw him on Raw shaking Shawn Michaels' hand. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't think he's been in the ring in the, what, since Heyman got fired? Just a couple, a handful of times. But, you know, just enhancement talent once again. This one might be what we just skip. We just skip through. Who you got winning? Uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, Andrade and, and Garza. Uh, we are the same mind again. That's what I'm thinking. I feel like this is one I mean, of those things. They have a built-in, you know, excuse like, you know, is is uh, what's uh, Montez Ford fully recovered from being poisoned? You know, that's he could be a he could be if he's not 100 percent then that could be the opening for Garza and Andrade to take the title. Yeah. Also, I just see something where happens where Belair and Vega get into it and it causes a distraction and 
like yeah. Angel hits that wing clipper on on Ford and it's one through three. Mm-hmm. I got to admit one thing to you. The wing clipper, I'm coming around on it. Nice. We've been waiting for you. Uh, I'm not all the way home, but you know, I'm outside and looking around the house. So. Well, we'll be we'll be waiting with uh, open arms and uh, some cookies and milk on the table. Thanks, man. So we both got Andrade and Andrew Garza winning their first uh, championship together. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on, we have Apollo Cruz defending in the United States Championship against MVP with a stipulation. Both Ashley and Shelton Benjamin are banned from ringside. Yes. Um, MVP, the MVP of Raw on the men's side. I'm actually trying to think if... You know what? He probably third. Okay. Because the two other guys who I have above him are fighting for the WWE Championship. That's You know what? That's fair. Okay. So, but he's the MVP been, of he, the mid card. Thank you. There we go. There we go. Okay. The MVP of black versus black on black crime. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually kind of hoping you'd pick uh, the Street Profits. Uh, you know, the kind of black versus Hispanic thing. You know. No, the the hurt business has been going around fighting, just beating <laughs> beating up black superstars and going into raw <laughs> underground yeah. and beating up everybody who's standing. So, oh, that's something we talk about. We'll talk. about about that at this match but yeah um it's good to see apollo cruz back in action um i don't know if the reports came out or anything but i'm like 98 percent sure he had covid wow okay just because he they've been taping so many episodes you know two three episodes a day so that explains why he would miss like four or five episodes if you were out Mm -hmm. for two weeks with covid that's true but um came back um got that United States, the new United States belt away from MVP. Uh, are you coming around on it? <laughs> I know you hate it when you first saw it. Uh, I'm not because I haven't seen it enough. So I'm still, you know, I'm still lukewarm on it. Okay. But like, it's been out of sight, out of mind for me lately. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, I don't hate it at this point. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really, like this feud's been okay for me. I'm just I, honestly, I'm I'm really just more interested in what MVP and the Hurt Business are up to. Like, what what their pl- what the plans are for those guys going forward. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, I don't see Bobby Lashley winning or even competing for a WWE title anytime soon. Considering he already had that chance, uh, but it would have been nice to see this stable, you know, uh, collect some gold. And they were starting to with, you know, the, the United States title, the 24 seven title. I mean, you know, um, it was, it was these, this is, this is a group that really looks intimidating and acts intimidating. Um, and so at this point I'm all in with anything they do with, with MVP and, and the herd business. I'm excited. I, I look forward to seeing what they do with them. Um, and if that includes taking the title off Apollo, uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Hurt Business, we'll go back to their appearance on Raw Underground. How do you feel about that? About Raw Underground? Or? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, it's kind of silly. I mean, it's okay. Like, it's I – I was just thinking about it earlier. It's like it's, – it's almost as if Shane McMahon took one too many jiu-jitsu classes with Henzo Gracie and uh, all of a sudden is, like, ready to start blood sport on television. You know, just like, all right, you know, I, I've taken, you know, so many jiu-jitsu classes – with Henzo Gracie, and now I can justify that to do like these real-looking, like street underground fights, uh, where everybody fights in their blue jeans and, and tapes up their hands. And uh, you say you know, that, and, it, and the first thing I thought about was um, uh, what's his name? I'm gonna say Drew, but that's not his name. He's over AEW now. Used to always wrestle in jeans. <laughs> John Moxley. Thank you. Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Thank you. It, you know, <laughs> I don't think he would have fared well in this. I don't think he would have liked this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I've been interested in what Raw Underground has, Underground has done with Shayna Baszler and now Nia Jax, I mean, they're, you know, two women who, or one woman who's actually, who was a fighter and another woman who looks like she could fight um, or could withstand the onslaught of an actual fighter. So that has been interesting, but seeing Dolph Ziggler and the Viking Raiders doing this, I mean, it's, it's fine, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't really uh, excite me as much. Yeah, and especially with and part of what I've said about Shane McMahon like you know the way he is the way like he's the commentator he's Uh like this live commentator Um, that also kind of it it kind of reeks of like uh, like rich guy trying too hard to like prove that he's you know that he can be dark and underground and, and, and seedy, you know, and like, like you've seen it, you know, you, you, yeah, you've seen it in movies where it's like the rich kid leaves the nice neighborhood to kind of, you know, take on the underbelly not take on the underbelly, but um, experience the underbelly of society. Uh, um, for me, it just kind of makes that third hour a little bit more watchable because it's unexpected. It's different. Yeah, that's it's for different. sure. So, yeah, I like the third. It makes it. I don't hate mini. it. Definitely don't hate it. But, uh, but no, I get you. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, but going back to this match, um, who do you have winning? Um, I'm going to go with MVP. Okay. I'm going to go with Apollo Crews for this reason. Before he went out. He was kind of getting into little heel moves where he would win by using the ropes or mm-hmm. distracting the opponent. So, so he was kind of he was heel adjacent, and I think that continues this this weekend. Maybe he hits MVP with a low blow or something, and and wins the belt, and then they continue this on to amazingly next week's uh, pay per view back, uh, payback, which. Right. <laughs> Quick turnaround. <laughs> Quick turnaround. But, yeah, I think Apollo Crews wins, but he he wins dirty. 
and maybe okay. even like loses the support of um oh who is it Cedric Alexander and the other Ricochet. black guy Ricochet yeah <laughs> the other black the other <laughs> black guy who's not getting oh here. boy now you know you're you're finished when you're no longer recognized by your name but as yeah. the other black guy yeah all right so i'd be okay with that like I, I don't mind i would i was like yeah i was very interested um in seeing that potential short-lived um apollo cruz heel heel turn uh, the testing of, of a heel turn so yeah. if that's how he were to retain i would be okay with that yeah where it's like a heel turn but it's like he's like Oh, I'm about to get real nerdy right here. You know, Lar Freeze, the uh, Orange Lantern, who just his it's just greed, and he wants to be the only Orange Lantern. Is my my mind? That's what I can see. Like a Paul Cruz, like slowly going to the dark side because he just wants that U.S. title so bad. He has to be champions, and he's willing to do anything to do it. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. Those are you know those are good turns in wrestling. That those are interesting. Um, it doesn't have to be an overnight thing. Yeah. Like we said, like with Ron Strowman. Yeah, slow burn. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Which match are we doing? All right. So we got Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in a street fight. Honestly, I probably would have let off with this one as my least <laughs> interested <laughs> match. <laughs> Um, I'm just ready for this thing to be over with. Nah, this is this is one part street fight matches always get my attention, and another part Seth uh, Seth Rollins always has my respect. No, I, I agree with you there. Um, but I'm just I'm ready for for Dominic Mysterio to you know, move on, um, continue training and, and not really be seen on television for a while. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not interested in, in him getting a run this early in his career. Um, but I will, I will give him this. Uh, if they decide to keep him on television regularly, this is something that Ray has kind of negotiated for him. Um, I, you know, I won't be upset with it. Um, I'll understand and I will, uh, I will not say that he hasn't put in his dues because if you saw what happened to him last Monday night, that's, that's almost like, okay, you're not you're not, ha- you're not going to have time to go on the indies or work at the performance center. So we're going to make you pay your dues in. We're going to make you pay five years of dues in two minutes. If you saw what they did, to him, they, if you saw the pictures of his torso and his back. They nobody jumped, gets, they jumped him. He got jumped into the WWE. That's what happened. They beat his ass black and blue. Nobody's ever gotten beaten that badly. <laughs> uh, so that was their way of making him pay his dues on the spot, <laughs> bypassing everything else. Uh, 
Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The, 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 his only saving grace is that um, he's working with Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's clearly one of the best in the business. Uh, so it's like you have the backing of your father, who's a, a legendary performer and can still go at his age. Um, so you'll have his guidance and the guidance of, you know, one of the most respected guys in the business today, you know, it, it's, um, it's not a bad place for, for him to, it's not a bad spot for Dominic Mysterio to be in. Um, I, I just, I, personally, I just don't find anything about the kid himself uh, appealing or uh, interesting. Uh, I mean, I get why the feud is happening, but you know, it's time to close the close the door on this one. The feud all started because Ray Mysterio tried to congratulate Seth on his oh on his child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> becoming a father. That's how this feud started. Yeah, he lost an eye twice for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, congratulations on your new child. What'd you say, bitch? And how did the how did that look that Seth Rollins had when he was when he was jamming Ray's face into the steps? How did that become a that not go viral as a as a gif? Yeah, you have to go, I, you have to go back I, and watch. I, I think it's because I think it's because of the act itself. <laughs> I mean, it, even in wrestling, there are some things we're like, oh, we might want to leave this alone. Yeah, just go back and, and just – you got to see it again. It, it's definitely worth watching. It is one of the funniest facial expressions you'll ever see in, in wrestling. I'll have to look up because I don't remember. I just remember <laughs> Mysterio trying to give him some love and getting his ass whooped for it. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say? Because no, we know that both Ray Mysterio and um, Buddy Murphy are getting involved in this match, right? Yeah, uh, I'll mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I will predict a uh, a Buddy Murphy, not heel turn, but um, a change of heart. I think he'll get involved, but I think he's going to intentionally cost Seth Rollins the match. Not like, a, oops, I got in the way. I'm sorry, but um, I've had enough of, of this. Maybe one of those, like, you're going too far, I can't let you do this kind of moments. Because we've seen him. We've seen him, uh, you know, attacking Aleister Black when attacking uh, Ray, you know. Uh, This this might be the breaking point that, you know, that, uh, that sends him, you know, away, off on, you know, on his own. Okay. So you got Dominic winning with blue interference. Uh, man, I, I just didn't even think about that. Like I logic my way into that <laughs> basically, which yeah, but I'm not. Ho- I'm not holding it to you. I'm not holding it to you. You can pick Seth. Yeah, because I, I don't. You know, I don't think this guy should get his first victory. No, you know what? Screw it. I mean, it's happened in the past. Everybody's made, you know, you know Rollins is definitely, uh, definitely seems like he's one of the lesser egotistical performers these days. And I think he's, I think he'll be willing to, 
you know, to uh, do a favor. And, and also, kid over. Rollins is one of those guys, like, losses don't hurt him. That's true, too. We saw that after WrestleMania. He lost to uh, KO, and the next night was challenging for the WWE Championship. Right. <clears throat> so, losses don't really matter, don't really affect him like it was someone lower in a card. And mm-hmm. also, it'd be a nice closing to the story. Like you say, Buddy Murphy, unless, let me just do it. Do like I said, Barry Murphy comes around, says Seth, he can't do any, he can't do some drastic move, and then Dominic wins and he avenges his father's loss at the Extreme Rules. Sure. And this could even set Seth over uh, an even darker path, or over over a darker cliff. Oh, it, especially if that if it works out the way you're saying next week, payback, Seth Rollins versus Buddy Murphy. Mm-hmm. Woo, boy, give that one all the stars. Yeah. All right, so we both got Dominic going over in that match. Uh, moving on. So next two matches I just put together as mm-hmm. one big group we'll talk about. Sasha Banks defends her Raw Women's Championship against Asuka, and Bailey defends her SmackDown Women's Championship against... Oscar as well, right? I, uh, Oscar challenged Sasha. Sasha said, "You beat Bailey. You can have the title shot." She choked her out, got the title shot. Then last week they did a on SmackDown. They did a, a battle royale with women from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Winner gets a shot at Bailey at SummerSlam for the. The smack of the raw the SmackDown title, uh, and Oscar won that battle royale. So now she's fighting for two titles on the same night, and um, you know they're still. It, it looked like for a while they were, they were, you know, putting the feud, the impending feud between Bailey and Sasha on hold, mm-hmm. um, and now they're sparking it, sparking it up again striking it up again, which uh, is interesting, you know, and it's, it's going to be good whenever it happens. Um, but one of the two are losing their titles. Uh, I agree with you. And I think we will both conclude it's going to be Sasha. I mean, she's technically on SmackDown and, uh, you know, they need someone from Raw to hold the Raw Women's Championship. And Asuka's the girl right now. And she's got Feuds lined up, you know, she's got feuds waiting for her after this. So, and I'm not saying that this is, you know, this match is going to, or this weekend is going to be the start of the Bailey and Sasha feud, but it's, it's going to pick up a little more because there's, you know, um, the, the writing's all on the wall there. Like they're not going to jump right into it, which is smart, mm-hmm. but they're definitely it's the the um the the embers are gonna start picking up. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about this entire podcast. And when a slow burn building up and you know making sure the story a story worthwhile is actually told. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanna say like Sasha and Bailey have been killing it. Oh yeah. I, the MVPs of uh, women's wrestling in WWE. <laughs> almost the MVPs of Wrestling. The entire thing ever since the yeah. pandemic started. They've been incredible on the mic and the ring. Um, 
I can't say it enough. I don't have the adjectives to say enough. They've been just like, what's wrong? Look, they have just been on top of the women's division for five, six months now. Like, right. I'm, and, uh, I'm I'm so impressed. Like I'm, I always thought Sasha had this in her, but watching Bailey like this is like she hit a new another level, you know? Right. And they're putting on great matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are the the women's division. You would think losing Charlotte Flair, losing Becky Lynch, um, would take a huge hit, but they really haven't. And considering you know, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax haven't gotten the big pushes that I think people are expecting because of, you know, their abilities and their, um, their presence in, in the division. Um, it's, it's been, it's been a, it's been great to watch. It's been, um, yeah, definitely been the highlights of SmackDown and Raw programming each week for several months now. Since the pandemic started, yeah. uh, I also agree with you that one of the two will lose the title, um, and you know start those embers up again. But man, I'm not sure who who loses. I'm saying Sasha. I think she's gonna get the title taken off of her. Man, I think I'm gonna say Sasha retain. Bailey loses. Ooh. And in that match, Sasha Banks does something that causes Bailey to lose, and there's friction, but they're able to find a way around it. But having Bailey lose that title after being champion for as long as she has. I guess if you're going to do it, SummerSlam would be the place to do it. And then she has that, Bailey has that jealousy uh, again of. Banks having one more title over her and being better than her and that just slowly eats at her until, you know, they, and then, you know, a couple of months from now, they lose the tag team championships, but Banks is still defending the Raw championship. And then like, um, maybe at the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. that's where Bailey does her turn against Banks, calls her lose the championship match. Mm-hmm. And then you can build that to WrestleMania or whatever pay per view. Or another option is mm-hmm. Asuka could win both titles. Asuka <laughs> two belts? Asuka two belts and is forced into immediate rematches next weekend, weekend at payback. And one of them takes the title off of her. And that, that, uh, intensifies the you know the the tension between Bailey and Sasha. Yeah. There's so many good ways to write this and I can't wait to be disappointed. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. What a bummer. Yeah. Alright, so moving on to the last match of the night. Drew McIntyre defends the WWE championship against Rand Randy Orton. And whew, these are two guys that have been just ever, for Drew McIntyre. He's been on a run since uh, the World Rumble. Like he's mm-hmm. just been on it. I'm, 
that's the one thing I hate about this pandemic, man. Taking those moments away from McIntyre, his WrestleMania moment, moment, defending his title over and over, and then taking this away from him at SummerSlam. But he's been killing it as champ. Randy Orton, Randy Orton said Black Lives Matter, and it kicked him to another year. It's like the ancestors came down and blessed him because, whoo, boy. And what do you always say about Randy Orton? When Randy Orton cares, he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And it looks <laughs> like he's caring right at this point. It's been, uh, it's been a short feud. The build didn't take very long, but it got intense quickly, mm-hmm. and it got interesting quickly. And I'm, I mean, this is this is what what you want out of your top match of the night. You want the two top guys looking to kill each other over the top prize in the business. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got with these two. It's definitely got what we got into. Um, Randy Orton's been just kicking the ever loving shit out of everybody. Yeah. Um, All the legends. Yeah. And they had to turn down the lights for him to kick Ric Flair because if Ric Flair takes one more bump, he's going to turn to dust. <laughs> right. Good old Shawn Michaels uh, being as Shawn Michaels as ever. Shawn Michaels either no sells or he oversells. <laughs> there is nothing in between. That oversell he had. Well, let's say the oversell match he had against Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. <laughs> still, Jeez. we're still talking about it. Fifteen, almost twenty years later, and it's yeah. not going away. God, has it really been that long? About fifteen years, I believe. Time means nothing in quarantine. But and the fact right. that he no sold an RKO and a punt to the head <laughs> when everybody else. Has like, done it. Everybody else Vince goes McMahon down like they got shot. It. Yeah, they go down like they got shot. <laughs> I mean, it was vintage Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. That ego, no matter how old and uh, how further away you he gets from being the sexy boy of the 90s and how much hair he's lost, that ego... <laughs> It ain't going we'll nowhere. Never go away. Never go away. <laughs> I mean, I, this is going to be a damn good match. Um, I, I think their styles mesh really well together. Uh, you got two finishers that come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else can you say? I, this like this is last because this is the match I'm most excited to see. Yeah, they're hard hitting. Um, they are technical. I mean, it, it's and um, there's a case to be made for either one of them. Like, you know, it's been what? What Drew's held the title for what, four months now, which I mean, is a long time. Yep. Five. Mm-hmm. Five months. No, you're right. Four. Resume was like the beginning of April. Okay. Yeah. yeah so about four months. Um, you know, this is, you know, again, if you're going to, you're going to take the title off someone, it should be at one of the big four. Mm -hmm. 
and um, you know, you can you can always start the chase over with Drew. I mean, it's he's proven to be a top guy that um, it matters now if he if he chases again. So, um, so it's not a complete letdown if he if he drops the title to a guy again who's on top of his game, who technically doesn't have as many years left as Drew McIntyre does. I mean, even though he looks again, even though he's on the top at the top of his game right now, you know he he realistically has maybe five years of being this good. Drew has maybe 10 years. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's plenty of time for Drew. Um, and, you know, you're not – he's not dro- – he wouldn't be dropping the title to a, you know, a bum, to a guy that, you know, isn't – that isn't interesting. Yeah, you're um, dropping the title to the future Hall, Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and if McIntyre retains, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, it's just another notch on his resume you know, a budding Hall of Fame resume, you know, potentially, you know, if they keep the momentum going and and stick with him. So you really can't lose either way. Yeah, I agree. Um, you got to pick. Like I say, you can't lose either way that I'm going to make you pick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll say Drew. Say I'll say Drew retains. All right. I'd say Randall Orton wins. Mm-hmm. He grabs the championship. He stands on top of the rail. He stands on top of the turnbuckle. He throws the championship down. An intern comes out, brings him an all-black belt that says BLM, <laughs> where the WWE is. Uh, they give him a Kofi, a Kofi and a dashiki, and his transformation is complete. <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying he becomes uh, Akeem Jr.? (laughs) He becomes Randall the African Dream. Black Lives Matter forever for Randall. But no, seriously, I'm picking him to win. Uh, Okay. I just think – sorry, I'm scrolling through trying to find his damn thing. Yeah, I think um, he's been doing his best work in – God knows how long, and he deserves to be rewarded for that. And you know, he he, Randy's on top, and the other when Baby Face trying to chase him, it's a good thing. Yes, as long as the Bay Face and John Cena. <laughs> of course, of course. No, I mean, like I said, you can't go wrong with either either one of those guys winning or you know leaving as champion. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this card. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm looking forward to it more than WrestleMania. I yeah, feel like it's 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 less well, predictable it's than not, Mania. It's also not 72 hours. <laughs> That's true too. <clears throat> All right, man. Well, we're done with the uh, SummerSlam card. I'm excited to see it. Um, yeah, any extra stuff that you would like to talk about before we get off the, the mics? Uh, no, I think I'm good, man. 
there's not a certain baseball team whose victories you would like to take uh, <laughs> pride credit in. for. Yeah, that too. Absolutely. Credit. And, and here's why I take credit for that's you're right uh, for the Astros recent run. Um, I doubted them last time we talked, I was like, I don't know what's going on with these guys. And that's, that, that's what happens when I start to doubt the team or a player like Kyle Tucker. It's like, they read, they feel my vibes, my bad vibes, and kick it into another gear, and look what's happened. Tucker's been hitting since I questioned him when we talked about it, and they've been winning. So, you're welcome. Keep doubting. Yes, I think I have to. I will. So on my fantasy team, uh, two nights ago, I benched Altuve because he's been he's stunk lately. He went two for five while you know sitting on my bench, and I was like. That's what I'm talking about. Not entirely happy, but, you know, for my fantasy team, but for the real thing, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's keep going. Get back on a roll. Keep, again, keep doubting. Keep benching. Yes. All right. <laughs> it's working. It's working for, for all interested parties. <laughs> I think I was more optimistic than you were, and – you know, even with the injuries that happened in the past 24 hours, I'm like, eh, let's just have fun. Mm-hmm. Third away, third away of the season. They're doing good. They're what, 15 and 10 now? 15 and 10. And now they're only two games back in uh, the division. When we talked, they were, they were at least four games back and they were in third place. They were behind Texas and Oakland. They've jumped past Texas and they're nipping on, uh, Oakland's heels. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about this more on Saturday. We'll do our Saturday baseball podcast because there are a lot of stuff that I want to get off my chest and not just with the Astros. This whole Fernando Tatis situation is just annoying. Oh, yeah. Annoying as hell. They put him on the cover of ESPN and thought about he's going to be the face of baseball and like a week later. Boy, he's breaking the unwritten rule. What can we do with him? <laughs> All right, whatever, guys. Y'all don't. It happens with every. It happens once a year with a, the young hotshot, and it's it's his turn. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So, um, like I said, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you Saturday, and we'll. Then Sunday we'll watch a what we hope to be a very inter entertaining WWE pay per view. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. Um. You know, we stopped, like, giving out our socials. We did. Uh, I really don't feel like doing it right now. You? Yeah, I'm good. Plus, yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you don't need the, the exposure. You get 60,000 likes, 15,000 retweets once a Shut year. Shut the hell up. <laughs> you I'm get an uptick in, in, <laughs> in, in followers. We're done. We're done. He's talking too much. We're out of here. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you on Saturday, man. Sounds good. All right. Thanks man. for tuning in, everybody. Yeah. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. But Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later, babies.